Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in, everybody. Um, This will be a special Saturday edition of our podcast because of the fact that um, Richie was too busy on Wednesday being super cool, cooler than I, because he did a watch along that you guys can all see on the Hockey Podcast Network um, YouTube. And um, while you're there, watch the the small movie the short movie or whatever of all too well because that was some good shit today to talk about that and much more with me and back on the podcast my wonderful and amazing co-host richie suave flores hello Corey. happy to be back um once again i missed yet another episode and i'm glad that scotty came out of retirement to replace me he did a great job in my absence and um you guys did a great episode without me so thank you for filling in for me and for to scotty for holding down the fort while i was out on the town in nascar again watching kyle larson win his first championship so i appreciate that and uh, i'm glad to be back sorry i meant sorry we couldn't drop our normal episode on thursday but the watch along was pretty fun even though the coyotes got their butts beat i got to rant about austin matthews And uh, I think I made some new fans. However, I think the people watching were very, thought I was really weird. Um, But that's par for the course. I I think a lot of them were Minnesota fans. So I feel like it doesn't count. Yeah, that's the thing I was disappointed about. There wasn't any any Coyotes contingent because I think a lot of them were at the game to begin with. But um, outside of yourself, yeah, mostly Minnesota fans. But that's fine. But again, like, as you know, Sporting Nation, and as you know, Corey, um, I can get a little, especially if I'm doing a long show like that, things can get a little weird. I get, I, I have way too much energy for the people, and I think I people were like, God, this guy's way too much. Like, is this guy okay? <laughs> I mean, your wonderful co-host wasn't there to balance you out. I'm just kidding. It would have gotten so much weirder if I was there. So... It's probably for the best I wasn't, but I did get to, you know, be a ghostwriter in the comments because I use the Sporty account to respond to you. So I at least got to do that. 
yes yeah. yes thank you thank you for uh watching along for as little bit as you did um i i appreciate it i did miss you though um if it was me and you it would have been a it would have been a train wreck from the start but it would have been entertaining as hell <laughs> oh absolutely an absolute train wreck but we would have absolutely enjoyed it it would have been entertaining which is what we aim to do on this show when our when the coyotes are one 12 and one on the season hockey isn't really all that interesting to talk about so we got to be entertaining in other ways like for example coming up on the show tonight Corey referenced all too well already we will have an entire taylor swift song draft coming up a little bit later in the show of course we will we will talk a little bit about red taylor's version it's still trending 24 hours later maybe we'll talk about the all too well short film which i watched for the first time just prior to recording so I'm excited to talk about Ooh, you that. You just now watched it? Yeah, yeah. I watched it just right before we started recording. It was great. Wasn't it so good? I was so impressed by the entire thing. The actors in it were magnificent. It was such a good short movie. Like, the fact that it did in little segments, too, and everything else. I, I don't know. I just kept on telling Scotty over and over again, I can't believe how talented one individual can be yeah in case you didn't know taylor swift wrote it directed it herself and she was in it yeah that at the end i was not expecting that i was genuinely not expecting to see her at the end of it that neither, one yeah neither was i that was a really cool little little moment at the end sorry we're spoiling it for you if you haven't seen it but um However, it did weird me out a little bit that she had red hair. Yeah, I mean, redheads and blondes kind of switch out. We have very similar complexions. A lot of us are very pale individuals. Um, and uh, I can say that Taylor Swift has a, like a similar skin tone to mine. Um, that was uh, actually one of the jokes. I don't know if I've ever said that on, on the podcast or not. But younger me looked very similar to younger uh, Taylor Swift. One of my friend's moms genuinely didn't even know what my name was. She used to just call me Taylor. Literally, <laughs> I, I still to this day think she never knew what my actual name was. Um, but so I can attest to the fact that um, with that pale of a skin tone, you can kind of interchange between being like a redhead and blonde. So it's usually not that drastic but i actually had the same reaction i felt a little felt a little weird seeing her as a redhead but there's plenty of people you know like an emma stone right that go between blonde and redhead and you don't even really flinch at it but when you see it on someone like her it does give you a little bit of a shock i'm glad that they did that she did show up at the end though that was a really cool little part of the entire thing but yeah you're right the two lead actors in it dylan o'brien and sadie sink dylan o'brien famous for the maze runner movies and of course teen wolf which is where i know him from because i've been watching teen i watched the first two seasons of teen wolf over the summer Mine's and, maze runner. Uh, and and i'm a big dylan o'brien fan he, he's hilarious and i thought that Dylan O'Brien is a really likable individual and he, he he's hilarious on Teen Wolf, but like 
he's so good of, of an actor that this 14 minutes will make you hate him. That's how good this is, which is exactly what the entire music video was supposed to do, obviously, is make you hate this guy. And Dylan O'Brien did a good job of making you hate him. Yeah, it, he did a really good job about being somewhat like of a dick. Like it was funny because I was watching the beginning of it when it first dropped right at five o'clock and then I had to go home from work. So I only had to see the first couple of minutes or so. So then um, I Scotty and I were in the car on our way to his parents house and I was like, I have to watch this. Sorry, you're going to have to listen to it. And so um, we're watching it. And during the, the fight scene in the kitchen, when the some of his comebacks like were so um, it, it felt so known to kind of like what that type of person would say in those arguments that we both started laughing because it just seemed oddly real. And and it's funny because when you listen to that from the outside, it's almost comical to hear someone be that pissy you know in the moment it a lot of times on people you know you just say things because you're angry and you're emotional but to hear him say that and then just be like watching person uh it's almost comical how pissy it sounds and uh he but he did such a good job of portraying it where it felt so real and so natural yeah, and and then Sadie Sink, on the other hand, who Corey and I, of course, know from Stranger Things fame, um, she played the, the essentially played the role of Taylor Swift in this. Also, very good. Like their chemistry was amazing, and Taylor even was even talking about it in her appearance on Jimmy Fallon, I think, where um, she was ex- uh, she was explaining that like their chemistry was so good during that kitchen scene that they didn't they couldn't cut the camera. And they just let it be as one shot. Yeah, that was intense. And it did genuinely, like I said before, feel like a normal argument that you could probably. And if anyone has known those like type of people in those situations, you can 100% place someone saying that exact stuff in the argument. And the fact that they did it and they said it, it felt so natural and so real that... Um, they did just such a good job with it and it was filmed really well. And I do have to say in that same exact um, interview that you're talking about with Jimmy Fallon, she talks about the fact that um, she wrote this like, so it, here's the, the irony is I woke up this morning. I, I use like some of my old tours that I had gone to and stuff like uh, t-shirts to bed I didn't even realize it I just grabbed a red shirt and the shirt that I had gone to sleep and it wasn't um the red one it was a speak now one which is the one that she was referencing and saying that she was on that tour and when all the stuff was going on and she was just frustrated so before doing you know the set list of what she was going to perform that night she just picked up a guitar and did the entire 10 minute all too well just off of you know a pure whim and the audio guy happened to be recording it and her mom asked him for uh it see if he recorded it and he said yep and handed her a cd that is insane 
I really want to be so talented that I can just do something off of pure just like anger and frustration and have it be something that artistic and meaningful and beautiful all on its own. It's just baffling to me. Oh, uh, uh, 100%. Absolutely. And like, and the first of all, the first song I listened to off of Red Taylor's version was the 10 minute version of All Too Well. I got out of work uh, at about 1030 on Thursday night. So after the album had officially released, and I only have a 10 about a 10 minute drive home. I was like, Oh, this is perfect. So instead of starting from the top and State of Grace, which is also a great song. I was like, screw it. I need to go, I need to dive right into what I was most excited to hear on the entire album, and which was all too well, 10 minutes. And I listened to it and I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. And the fact that they had to, at the original release of Red, cut that down to the five and a half minute song we got on the original album is wild to me. Like, they should have put out the 10 minute version to begin with. Because it is... As I referred to it in your in a text to you and others and on online, that version of that song is Taylor Swift's masterpiece. That ten minute version is is what's going to be hung in in the Louvre or in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's those are the lyrics they're going to plaster on the wall in the Taylor Swift wing of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, like that's how good that is and how talented she is, and and it's incredible and it's pretty much we're. It's Taylor Swift's world, and we're just like hanging out in it at this point because. Oh yeah, again, if you were on any social media at all, it, she took over all of it. And even twenty four hours later, if you if you look as we're recording, all too, the all too well short film is trending in the top ten on Twitter still. And at last check, it had about four and a half million views on YouTube already. Four and a half million views in about six hours. It, that is just insane. Yeah. I act, I have a there are so many people that were waiting because I just kept up on my work computer on one of the screens. I just kept up the, uh, you know, the waiting thing for the video to drop. And there was people in the chat there like there was 23,000 people that were just sitting in the chat like hours before. And I'm going, this is insane how to like be able to have that much of a dedicated following is impressive all on its own. I do have a very hot take about um, red now that all of this has come out though. Mm -hmm. 5.9 million views, by the way, 5.9 million. I just checked. Insane. Yeah. (laughs) Guess what? When I originally signed up with DraftKings Sportsbook, I signed up with the promo code THPN and you should do the same thing because when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and you use the promo code THPN, you can just put down $1 on any NHL game and you can win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's right. They free money from our friends at DraftKings. This week, one puck in the net nets you one big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 weed you require. One per customer restriction supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
But my my hot take about it, I and I had said this to a friend of mine, um, uh, one of one of my best friends, Aaron. We are talking about it, and she uh, was talking to me about her vault songs, and I hadn't I hadn't had the chance to listen to them yet. It was first thing this morning, and um, you know I started listening to her vault songs, and it, it was kind of interesting. Because two of them, I was like, wait, I know these songs. And then it, it occurred to me later that they were a uh, Sugarland song and a Little Big Town song. Did not realize that she had two songs that she was going to put on, that she didn't end up putting on Red and end up sending to them. And they became massive hits on their own. Um, and But they are absolutely amazing on this album. I love her version of them. I actually think I like her version of them more, which is probably my first hot take. Second hot take is it is some bullshit that a lot of the Vault songs didn't end up on the original Red album. The Red album to me would be so much better and so much bigger to me if some of the songs would have been replaced with some of the Vault songs. I agree. I 100% agree. I, I actually kind of said the same thing about about the Fearless Taylor's version where like You All Over Me was incredible. Mr. Perfectly Fine was incredible. And those songs are still sticking with me now. And that album came out six months ago. And I don't know how those didn't make the, that original album. But you're right. Like Better Man, in my opinion... Is it's such a simple song at its heart, it really is, and but it it's truly just one of the better songs that Taylor Swift has ever written, and I'm not the only one who said this, and I I have to shout out um I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but there was a podcast from months ago that you can go back and listen to. It's called Every Single Album Taylor Swift, and the two hosts of that show, one of them is is Nora Princiati who who is uh, at The Ringer, and, and she covers the NFL now. And the other host of the show is Nathan Hubbard, who is a longtime um, executive uh, in the music industry and, and whatnot. And, and Nathan kept pumping the tires for Better Man at every single opportunity, especially when they were talking about, about Red, because they knew that that song had been recorded during the red sessions and didn't make the album. And he kept on saying, it was like, this song is one of the best songs Taylor's ever written. And there is a version of better man that Taylor actually performed in a live setting years ago. Well, that is the only time the song had ever been recorded by Taylor. And so people have been hanging on to that for years. And, and yeah, the, the, Taylor version, Taylor Swift's vocal version of Better Man is just, it's just perfect. And the fact that that song did not make the original recording is just, it's just wild to me. And I, I need to find out why it did not actually make that original recording. Cause the original album was what, you know, 13, 14 songs. And then she released a deluxe version that had even more than that on it. So that didn't even make the cut in the original, like 24 songs, you know, like wild, but I, I completely 100% agree with you. Some of those vault songs are, are great. There's a few of them on this particular one that I really like. And you, the other song you're referring to is Baby, 
which is great. There's also a collaboration that she did with Chris Stapleton. Uh, that was part of the vault songs. That Love is like, Chris Stapleton. Yes, that was a great that, song. That was perfect. And there's some. There's one verse in that song that when I first heard it, I was like, "Holy shit, Taylor! You actually went there! Like, good for you for fucking over Jake Gyllenhaal like that ten years later." <laughs> oh my gosh! The one of my favorite parts of when they put out um, when she puts out these re-releases is all of the. Um, the gifts and the memes and all the funny shit that's online. Like I was dying over it all day today. I was sending it to people all day. It just was so funny. Some of them were literally like, um, uh, Pete Davidson had d- done a stand up about, um, basically thank you next and how his friends, when he broke off his engagement, everything were, you know, trying to be on his side in that whole um, breakup and everything. But when they heard Thank You Next, they basically told him that it was such a good song that he's going to have, I'm sorry, you're basically going to have to suffer for the next like eight months because it's just such a good song. And um, they were basically saying that that would, this is the equivalent for Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was sitting there kind of laughing to myself because I'm going, this entire album, this entire album is going to haunt this man from here on out. People were showing like people sleeping really well. And it, they're saying that it was uh, Joe Jonas now that it's moved on. And um, John Mayer should be scared for being the next one. It, it just it's so funny. But I wanted to bring something up from your um, when you had talked about Better Man and that song which was then she tailored heard the harmonies in it and thought that it would be great for little big town it was that one she wrote on her own baby which went to um or babe it's, it's babe um oh, sorry yeah uh, she, that one went to um uh sugarland and when that one went to Sugarland, it's uh, it was written by her and I think the lead singer of Train is who the it was. guy from Train. Yeah, I was looking that up last night. I was like, what a weird freaking duo, Taylor Swift and Pat Monahan. But it works. It's a very it's a very good song too. Yeah, it it's a, it's a great song, and it's just funny because, um, she you know, was on on this song, I think, in some of the harmonies. On one of them, she was on, on the harmonies in the back end of it. But um, she had given it to them, and this is what came of it. At the Billboard Music Awards, it was nominated for Top Country Song. Um, CMT Music Awards, it was nominated for Video of the Year and Group Video of the Year, and it won. It, at the CMA Awards... In that same year, all in 2017, it was nominated for Single of the Year, Song of the Year, Music Video of the Year. It won for Song of the Year, where Taylor Swift actually went up and accepted, you know, the award for it because she wrote it. Um, and then at the Grammy Awards, it was nominated for Best Country Duo slash Group Performance um, and Best Country Song in 2018. It won for Best Country Duo slash Group Performance. And in that same year, 2018, it was 
nominated f- at the ACM Awards for Single Record of the Year. That was Taylor Swift's song, Not Even Sang by Her. Yeah. <laughs> so can she win can she win those same awards again? Or or is that because she's done it now or not? I'm assuming no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean there there's got to be songs that have been redone that still win awards for it. Yeah. And exactly, because yeah, she exactly. was the original artist in the first place, she just gave it to someone else record first. Right. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, good luck to the Grammys this year because they have so much Taylor Swift content to, to like mull through and try and figure that. out what to nominate, right? Because remember, last year's Grammys, um, Evermore had been released too late to be eligible for last year's Grammy Awards. So Evermore is actually eligible for this coming Grammy Awards, which I think we're getting the nominations here in the next by the end of the year and so evermore is still eligible it's uh fearless fearless taylor's version is probably still eligible like some of those vault songs probably have to be eligible and then oh yeah and then i i, I don't i don't know i'm assuming it's probably gonna be the same for for red taylor's version where i think it got released too late in the cycle to be eligible for these coming grammys but like golly like she could probably just win every award to be honest like, I was mad she didn't win every award at last year's Grammys. Uh, she ended up winning Album of the Year. But there were a couple times where I was like, what the fuck? Like, she got beat up by Harry Styles for one of the awards. I was so mad about that. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it has to do with the fact that towards the beginning of her career, she did kind of run away with a lot of things. She was winning awards left and right to the point where she was just carrying them in her arms. It. Her and Adele, I feel like, are the two artists that I've ever seen that just went in and just swept everything. And so I think that might be part of it is sometimes there's, you know, kind of spreading the wealth type of a thing. I feel like they don't want to favor doing that anymore because of the fact that they did that so early on in her career. But, um, yeah, she definitely could it this is such a solid solid album and i have not been like i liked some of the um vault songs from you know when she re-released fearless and whatnot but this one hit me so much differently because of the fact that these songs i genuinely feel like are better than the album itself initially um 2012 was a really awesome year for me that was the year that i graduated high school um so i very much remember this album when it came out and i i liked it but i don't i didn't like it the same way i like it now right i think it's been so that's been some the fascinating thing about these re-releases of these these albums and I think for people who aren't Taylor Swift fans, it's hard for them to wrap their minds around why people are so excited about it. And I think for most people, and I'm not including myself in this because I became a Taylor fan later in her discography, you know, basically 1989 and onward is when I really started to 
become a fan of her music. And then only since then have I gone back and, and been able to um, appreciate what she did prior to that and her basically taking over the music industry. So I, I, I'd want to shout again, shout out every, the, every single album podcast was so good at this and charting why each of her albums were so important to her career and why they were important to the times and important to her and important to the industry and what she did to change the industry. And so that helped me appreciate her music all the more by listening to that too. But I think the thing that really hooks people in to these re-releases is much like you, like it will, in a way it kind of is, is a time machine where you're able to go and listen to these songs again, experience them in a new way. Yes. But then you kind of dive back into those same emotions that you were feeling when those albums initially came out. Right. And for most people who are Taylor Swift fans, you know, I'd say they are, you know, my age or younger, maybe a little bit older, but my age or younger for sure. And so when these albums first came out, you know, they were basically, they were Taylor's age too. Right. And so if you were Taylor's age and you were listening to these albums, you were like you, Corey, you were going through high school at the time, you, you know, and, and those four years are so instrumental in a lot of people's lives. And they were for Taylor, obviously too. And, and so it's like flashing back to those, that time in your life, but you're listening to it 10 years onward. And so I think that's why these albums are so, people are so attached to them is that you're able to do that. You're able to kind of travel back and, and, relive yes the good times that you had too but also you know i'm sure a lot of people had bad times and taylor swift got them through those times by listening to red or or speak now or whatever it may be or fearless and i think that's what people who aren't taylor fans kind of don't understand in a way is they don't understand that relationship to her music like a lot of her her uber fans do and I mean, that's the cool thing about watching these re-releases is people react in that way is is fascinating to me because as somebody who, again, became a fan later in her career, I think it's cool to kind of see people react in that way to it. And uh, and, and that's why I'm looking forward to her, her, these other albums that are coming out too, right? And seemingly 1989 is being teased as being the next re-released album, which should be interesting. Um, love that album yeah yeah i don't know i granted i'm a big fan of of folklore i think folklore is probably my favorite taylor swift album but 1999 is right there with it you know yeah uh it was it's funny because like um you were saying that a lot of these so she was born 1989 which is the same year my brother was born so it's actually kind of funny because it's almost like a to me, like an older sibling in the way that her age is. Um, but for reference, so 2006 was when her Taylor Swift album came out. Um, I think I was just beginning middle school when that album came out. Um, Fearless was my freshman year of high school. Um, that was 2008. Then the next one speak now was 2010 fearless i was at that that was one of the most magical concerts i'd ever gone to at that point in my life i was in the uh 
like the nosebleeds of Gila River Arena watching it. And it was still one of the most like magical experiences going to that. Um, on my very last day of high school in uh, in in 2009, actually, is when the tour was. And I um, went to that Fearless tour. And then Speak Now was my junior year, sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, and that one, I I don't know if I ever want her to re- re-release. I like Speak Now. Um I, I like I said, I have a shirt from that tour, went to that tour as well. It was fantastic. Um, that one was in like the heart of my high school days. And I don't know if I can relive that again. I just don't know if I want to go through that again. Fearless was like awkward enough, you know, I, I don't know if I want to really go through that again. But so Speak Now was about then. Um, like I said, Red was when I graduated. And then uh, 1989 was solidly in um, in my like uh, college years, and then Lover was solidly outside of my college years. So as her music progressed, I progressed basically really with it. So like when 15 came out, um, you know, I was a little bit on the younger side i wasn't necessarily 15 at that time i was what i was like because that one's off of fearless correct Mm -hmm. so i would have been like 14 at the time but i was pretty damn close you know so a lot of her music just the how it happens to be how old i am goes very in line with a lot of my life um and so it is very um personal a lot of it and that's i think why a lot of people connect to it and the fact that it's all very personal for them i just like i said i just don't know if i can go through speak now because fearless was enough for me i already had enough high school cringe from from fearless i don't know if i can do speak now I'm surprised she hasn't already done Speak Now because it uh, Speak Now is a fascinating album. Album to me, there's a lot of great songs on there. Again, I only really listened to Speak Now within a lot, over, pretty much over the summers when I really first deep dove into it and listened to it for the first time. And it's an album that was entirely written by herself. Taylor wrote every single song on that album, and I think that's why it's so good because I think Taylor Swift's best quality is she is such an amazing songwriter first that's why the album is so good that's why i like folklore and evermore as well is because it really both of those albums really put her songwriting first as opposed to uh the music which i found fascinating but um i feel like Corey, you've done 33 minutes on taylor swift i'm just gonna say good night and good hockey